Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Today is March 20th, the first day of spring. It's so exciting and so beautiful. The sun is shining where I am and I'm actually recording in the parking lot of an office building where my daughter has a standing appointment every Wednesday and it's right next to a municipal airport so you're probably going to be hearing airplanes flying overhead which is kind of interestingly enough somewhat appropriate. And with spring comes of course spring break and spring vacation travel and it won't be too long before you start thinking about your summer travel plans and I felt like this was the perfect time to share some safety travel tips with you from some of my flight attendant crew and pilot friends, some things that they've used in the past just to keep their personal items safe and keep track of them, as well as things that you can do while you're in cities. And in their case, it's usually just a quick visit, either 24 to you know 72 hours or so on a layover, but It applies to anybody who is staying away from home. So I hope that you find some of these tips helpful. A lot of them you may be familiar with, but a lot of people may or may not know. And I'll also go over some other, some other tips for air travel. So as always sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. The safety and security of your belongings starts way before you even get to the airport or to your final destination. And what I'm talking about here is your jewelry and your identification. Let's talk about your ID. It's always a really good idea to take pictures of your IDs, especially your passport. Get a black and white copy of it. So in case it's ever stolen, you have at least a copy to go to the embassy with if you're out of the country. And the same with your driver's license for in the country. And since we're talking about the safety of your jewelry and your belongings, making sure that they're insured is the best thing. If you don't have an updated insurance policy on your jewelry, especially your special pieces like engagement rings or diamond bracelets, make sure you have really good photographs of them and any kind of details with measurements and stone quality and grade color, those kind of things. So that if it is stolen and you don't have an updated 
appraisal on it, they can work with that to some degree to get have your have your jewelry replaced if it's lost or stolen. I'll need to do another appraisal episode. That would be really good because I'm not as educated on the insurance policies that cover jewelry. The little research that I did for this podcast, I understand if you get an insurance policy that's strictly for your jewelry, there's a higher allowance for the replacement value for each individual item. They're definitely more specific as far as the replacement value for um, particular special items that you know exceed certain value. Whereas the insurance policies that are part of your homeowner's insurance, it's much more general. So if you have really special pieces, it would be wise to look into an insurance policy that's strictly for jewelry. If you want to know more about jewelry appraisals, I did do a podcast with my friend and graduate gemologist and jewelry appraiser, Fred Van Doren, in episode 29. He explains a lot of the details of what goes into appraising jewelry. So go back and listen to that if you're interested. The second thing you can do to make sure that your jewelry stays safe is to have it checked regularly back home at your jeweler. Having the prongs checked to make sure that they're not weak or wearing thin, if one gets pulled back, maybe another one is missing, and if it's just a four-prong setting, you're in trouble because that stone is going to pop out pretty easily. And between all of the moving around, putting luggage up in the overhead bins, putting sweaters on and off when you get cold and hot in the airplane, those kind of things can wreak havoc on the prong settings of a ring. So make sure that those are really secure. That's going to just kind of be like a pre-insurance safety check for your jewelry. And some other really good tips to, to know about, don't swim in chlorinated water with your precious metal jewelry. The chlorine eventually eats away at the, at the metals and can compromise the integrity of it and eventually start to eat away at it. It's not going to do it right away, but these are just um, general practices to to enlist so that you make sure that your jewelry is going to last a long time and once again you know not not break or fall apart unexpectedly so taking pictures of the jewelry that you travel with and making sure that the settings are secure those are your first steps to making sure that your jewelry stays safe on your trips Now, the next thing seems like common sense, and to most people it is, but unfortunately I kind of fell victim to this, and it's it's a really sad story. I mean, nobody was hurt, nobody was lost, everything was fine, but when I was at school at GIA, actually, out in Santa Monica, and my family still lived back in Florida, I was returning back from a I think it was actually an Easter trip to Florida. I was returning back to Los Angeles and I foolishly packed my jewelry in my checked luggage. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was in a hurry, you know, there again, 
ignoring the advice of, of a flight attendant and not just, you know, slowing down, taking my time. I put my jewelry in my checked bag. And of course, when I got to Santa Monica and unpacked, it was gone. And I was crushed. My class ring was in there, which I actually really liked. It didn't even look like a class ring. And some other really special pieces of jewelry, a tanzanite ring that my father had made for me, and a couple of other pieces. It was heartbreaking, and it is. It's sickening to lose jewelry like that. So my rule of thumb is if you ever want to see something ever again, do not pack it in your checked luggage. Make sure that you have enough room in your carry-on to take it on the airplane and keep it on you. I mean, the this bag or the suitcase that you have your jewelry in, make sure that that stays with you and safe inside the bag. Don't let it out of your sight. That's really the only way to keep it safe. So once you get to the hotel, I have some other tips that some of my airline crew shared with me to share with you. And here it is. We've talked about packing your jewelry and making sure that you have backup photos and a photocopy of your identification and even taking pictures of your jewelry. Now that we've got that covered, let's talk a little bit about what happens in flight as far as from a flight attendant's point of view. An acquaintance that I've met actually through Instagram, she's a British Airways flight attendant. She's been flying for about a year. She graciously sent me an overview of what happens on her flights, but also some really good tips on what to do when you're at your destination and how to keep you and your belongings safe. Her name is Kim Jones. And you can find her Instagram feed. She has beautiful pictures on the layovers that she has. And her Instagram handle name is Jones Kimmy Jones. So that's at Jones Kimmy Jones. And thank you so much, Kim, for taking the time to send me your recount. I really enjoyed hearing about it and safe travels, of course, to you and all my flight attendant friends. So here's what Kim said. After approximately 8 to 10 hours of walking up and down the aisle with a constant fixed smile on my face, which kind of can be true, serving food and drinks, a couple of nonstop high-pitched screaming babies, a passenger on oxygen, a little girl projectile vomiting on the hour every hour, a drunken argument over seating positioning, and a bunch of people upset that we've run out of alcohol... It's an all-inclusive holiday you've paid for, my darlings, not an all-inclusive flight. I step off the plane in all-glamorous form with my lipstick reapplied and my hair neatened with no thoughts or memory of what just happened in those last hours. I'm on my way to what I love most about my job, downroute time, or as some call it in another part of the world, layover time. This is our time to beach, explore, engross in activities, eat, drink, sleep, party, or anything else you might want to do that rocks your boat. I personally quite like to explore, although I do love breakfast with a beach view. Kim goes on to say, it all sounds like fun and games, right? 
There's one small catch, responsibility, that big word we thought we'd left behind on the aircraft. There's an element of keeping ourselves and our belongings safe we have to think about. A huge part of what they call crew life is feeling and looking great great downroute, especially for that all-important insta-snap, but there's a few do's and don'ts we adhere to. Jewelry and accessories are crew's best friend, a great way of jazzing up a simple outfit we probably wear over and over, and of course much easier to pack than more outfits. However, for days out, make sure you leave your expensive goodies in the hotel safe for your evening dazzle, and opt for more cost-effective options when walking around town to be safe. All hotel rooms have a safe hidden somewhere at the bottom of a wardrobe or in a cupboard next to the fridge where you tap in a personalized number to keep valuable belongings locked away. Backpacks are also very cute and currently on trend. I would personally suggest a bum bag or over-the-shoulder bag worn to the front. This way, I can keep my eyes on things while wandering the streets trying to fit in as normal rather than the obvious I'm a tourist look that everyone recognizes. Sadly, I've seen cases where a backpack has been cleverly slashed with a knife from behind and all belongings lost, so be careful. We are known for our desire to cram in as much fun in a short space of time. Locals are generally quite proud of their home surroundings and like to offer their expertise or fancy themselves as a travel guide. Always speak to hotel staff or a registered tour guide for your touring options. Locals can be lovely and happy to advise or assist, but don't forget, not everyone has good intentions. Stick to these master plans and you'll have a fantastic travel experience without ever feeling compromised. In my first year of flying, I've never felt compromised. I've thoroughly enjoyed my journey and experiences as cabin crew even the crazy shenanigans that go on on the aircraft. I've seen places I have never seen if it wasn't for my chosen career, and each time I feel I have a favorite, somewhere else surprises me. I quite like Bermuda for its Caribbean-British influence uniqueness, an island that sits alone in the middle of the Sargasso Sea, where the sand is pink. But as I'm off to Mauritius next, there's a chance that could possibly change, just like day-to-day life as cabin crew. That was Kim Jones, who is a flight attendant for British Airways, and she so graciously shared that with me. I had reached out to her to see if she had any special tips she could share with us for keeping you and your belongings safe while on travel. I know Kim made it sound like all of that goes on in any one given flight. It may or may not, and unfortunately there are some days when they're just like any other day anywhere, whether it's on an airplane or in your home, there are worse travel days than others. Um, It's funny, my husband is a flight attendant. I don't know if many of you know that, but that's how we met, and he rarely tells me his stories when he comes home. He doesn't dish and he doesn't complain or moan or groan. He's really good about it. But on the times when does something does happen and I can I can get it out of him, it's so funny because those of you who know him, there may be some of my um, my flight crew friends from from when I used to fly listening, but he just has that face where if someone's going to throw up, 
pass out or no one's having a heart attack yet, thank goodness. But if anyone's going to have a medical emergency, they're going to go find him and fall on him. <laughs> so he, that is the one thing that he says. He, when someone comes back and they look pale, it's like, oh, no, here it comes again. But thank goodness for them because actually there goes another airplane. It's a, it's a really pretty day today, too, so it's a perfect day for flying. But anyway... You may not know this, but every flight crew member has to, it's required by the FAA to update their safety qualifications every year. So every year, it's called recurrent training with the airline that I used to fly with, but they have to go back and prove that they're requalified. And a lot of that entails new safety training. So if there are new procedures that will work faster or, and any kind of incidents that happened in the past year, they will include those in the safety training so that everybody is up on the most current procedures that will keep the passengers safe and the crew safe, of course. But the bottom line is that we never want to have to evacuate an airplane. But if that does happen, you want your crew, of course, to be prepared and to always have that training fresh on their brain so that they can get the passengers evacuated as fast as possible. So there's my little pitch for how awesome flight crew are, as most of you probably know. And I'm proud to have been part of that that vocation at some point, but um, I did enjoy it. I flew for about 13 years, and when my husband and I started our family, um, our children were just really little, and the area where we are in Northern Virginia, we don't have any family in the area to have helped us with childcare. So at that point, it just made more sense for me to resign, and that's that's what I did. I held out for as long as possible and did fly uh, for maybe six months after 9-11. Maybe it was a little bit longer. But um, but anyway, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it, and I especially loved my, um, I loved my flight crew friends. I made a lot of great friends and enjoyed meeting passengers, and but most especially really enjoyed traveling and seeing different places and um, the layovers. But um, just like everybody else, you have to be smart and safe. I have a few more tips to share with you from my cabin crew friends, the first of which is from Carol C. She's a corporate flight attendant, and she had a really good tip to remind us to keep your wallet your hotel key, your passport, and your phone. Keep all of those things together on a nightstand or on a dresser so you can grab and go if there is an emergency, a fire alarm, or for some reason that you'd need to get out of the hotel room quickly. Make sure all of those things are together and that will make it easy to stay safe with, with in those kind of situations. And to remember to use the hotel safe uh, Kim said that as well. And another friend of mine, a pilot, Betsy G, what she does is she'll take her valuable jewelry and put it inside just one of her uniform shoes. Put the uniform shoe inside the safe so that when she goes to get dressed, when she's returning to the airport, she won't forget her jewelry because she can't walk out of the room with just one shoe. That was a really good idea. 
Carol also mentioned that when she's out and about, she tries to go out with a group of people. But if that's not possible, if you're out just by yourself or maybe another friend, when you're passing someone on the street, make sure that they've passed by you, especially if in kind of a a deserted area. Watch for their shadow or a reflection in a window to make sure that they've gone past. And then one more tip that's very simple, but we often forget to do, and that's from my flight attendant friend, Sonia W. She said, don't forget to breathe. (laughs) And what she means by that is when you're frantic running around packing things, just calm down, take a moment to breathe. That way you won't forget things. I thought that was a really good tip. So thanks guys. Thanks for pitching in and helping me out with this episode. While researching for other tips to share with you, I came across a really good article by Matthew Karsten, and he has a blog called Expert Vagabond. That's expertvagabond.com. And this was published in January 28th of 2018. A lot of his tips were very similar to what we were saying or what I was going over, but couple of them were really good. And he's, this is mostly for international travel. One was to be sure to write down emergency information. So if you're out of the country, write down emergency phone numbers, even the embassy, the phone number to the local embassy. Let's see, of course, lock up your valuables, get travel insurance is a good one. Along the same lines as the international travel security, he went on to mention that there's a program where you can register with the embassy. It's called the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, and this allows the embassies to be alerted when you're traveling abroad to these countries so that if a natural disaster or a terrorist attack happened, then they would be able to reach you directly and advise you where to go from there. I thought that was really good. And let's see what else he said. Um, other things that you might not think about, email your itinerary to your friends or your family. Um, make sure you don't share too much with strangers because, of course, that can be dangerous. I thought this was interesting. He says to splurge on extra safety. And what he means by that is make wise choices when it comes to your travel arrangements. Say it might be cheaper to get an airline flight that arrives in the middle of the night, but then again, it's not as safe to travel, you know, to, to get a taxi or something. So just make, make choices that will be safer for you. There are 25 tips, really good ones, but I'm just going through and kind of handpicking the ones that, um, I think are unique and a little bit unusual. Hide emergency cash. I thought this was really cool. Use an empty chapstick tube, empty it out, and use that to hold emergency cash. Carry, um, you know, about $200 extra emergency cash on you. And these were, these were interesting tips as far as where to eat. And he had a friend recommend um, to eat at popular places with long lines. That's a good clue that it's good food and it's there's nothing wrong. Try to watch how your food is prepared. 
Pack translation cards to express your allergies. That's a good one. Fully cooked food is always the safest and only eat peelable fruit to avoid bacteria. And he also advises to stay relatively sober. Have a good time, you know, but don't get trashed, so trashed where someone could take advantage of you and you could really end up in um, a bad situation or get robbed. So a lot, most of this is common sense, but just a, a lot of really good reminders. And I hope wherever you're traveling this spring break or even over the summer that you have safe travels and wonderful time. And next time, one last tip from Matthew Karsten's blog post, 25 Important Travel Safety Tips Everyone Should Know. Stay relatively sober. I thought this was a really good tip, something that a lot of us don't think too much about, but he says, and I quote, Many generally safe destinations, especially ones filled with tourists, become far less secure late at night. And if you're stumbling around intoxicated, you're far less aware of your surroundings and a very easy target for all kinds of bad stuff. You can find all 25 of those travel safety tips on Matthew's blog post, TravelVagabond.com. In the coming weeks, I'll be talking more about bridal jewelry, especially since we're in the thick of bridal season. So I'll be talking to a few designers and jewelers about what's trending in the bridal market. What kind of gemstones are popular? I know that there have been some fluctuations in choices of gemstones for engagement rings, so that's kind of exciting. And we'll just... um kind of delve into that. That'll be a lot of fun. So whether or not you're shopping for an engagement ring or you're looking forward to it in the near future, or even if you're looking at resetting your current setting with um, your current gemstone or getting, getting a new stone, revamping it, we'll go over some of those options and ideas. So thanks so much for joining me today. And until next time, Cross-check your sparkle. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.